0: Thanks so much for coming, everybody. Uh, today we're, we are with uh, Maria Weaver, who's the head of people at Funding Circle. Why don't we start by uh, explaining what Funding Circle is and what you do for the company?
1: Sure, so Funding Circle is a FinTech company. We operate in four different countries and we're solely focused on lending to small businesses, which we believe is really the backbone of our economy.
0: Great, thank you. And what do you do as head of people? What does that mean? It seems like you are uh, above everybody pulling strengths.
1: I don't know about that, but um, i like to see myself as in the background and really empowering and unleashing the talent in our organization. And so I think as chief people officer, I'm constantly worried about, you know, bringing the best talent together to form the best teams and to have the best organizational structure so we can actually achieve our business goals.
0: Awesome. Cool. And uh, let's dig in a little bit into that. What does it mean to achieve a goal from your end? Uh, does that mean creating structures that help people stay at the company as head of people? What does that actually look like?
1: Yeah, I think the simplest expl- explanation is to break it down through the employee experience. So we are really worried about and, and spent a lot of energy in who we attract to bring into Funding circles. somebody who understands our mission and our purpose, who understands the complexity of the challenges that we have, and who really is driven by wanting to solve really complex problems. Mm-hmm. Um, when we bring them on board, it's about do they have the right experience, do they have the right managerial support, do they have the right structure, um, do they have enough uh, access to the right tools in order to be effective in their job. And then we also obviously look at how we retain people and that could be how we develop them ongoing. It could be through a number of uh, different total rewards that we look at. Um, are we co- you know, competing and paying competitively? Um, are we making the environment a place where people can continue to thrive and feel challenged at work?
0: So that seems like an extremely important job with a lot of potential landmines everywhere. <laughs> what do you choose to focus on The first, I mean, what is the most important out of all those things? I mean, it seems seems like retaining people is extremely important. Keeping them happy is extremely important. Pay, especially in a competitive environment, is very important. Exactly. What are you doing? Like, what's the...
1: Well you always wanna be able to balance your strategic purpose and yeah. your goals that you're trying to achieve. And you know we're just like any other company, in order for us to succeed and, and survive, we've gotta be able to hit our um, goals, our product delivery on our technology roadmaps, um, our sales for the origination side of the house. So it's really figuring out, okay, this is the business direction that the company wants to go in. How do we assemble the right talent in the teams, right? Mm-hmm. And so how are they clear on the work that needs to be accomplished and how are they given the tools to be able to accomplish that work. So it's a combination of all those things. I Mm -hmm. wouldn't say it's one single thing that we Mm -hmm. zero in on.
0: Really cool. So let's think about uh, the difference, I guess, in recruiting. What do you think about when you're trying to find somebody to be a part of the team, maybe from the engineering side, since that's going to be most of our audience?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are the skills that you're looking for, um, maybe both technical and soft skills, mm-hmm. and where are you looking? Obviously, we're coming at it from the point of view here of the boot camp. Correct. But from what I'm hearing from a lot of recruiters, not just at Funding Circle, but everywhere all around Silicon Valley and really the world is, uh, you can find great, great coders anywhere. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about that from yep. your end?
1: So I absolutely believe that. Um, I've been in the Valley a very long time, yep. um, kind of born and raised here. Yep. And so I know that there are companies who just solely rely on setting a really high quality bar. And so maybe mm-hmm. they'll look at all the top universities and, and that's their hiring strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, over the years, I've realized that it's, it's not about setting that bar so high and expecting everybody to be of a certain mold. It's really about how you assemble the diversity of the team, right? Mm-hmm. So that could be somebody with deep, deep experience in one particular area, it could be somebody who's relatively new to coding or engineering, um, but it's the makeup of that team that is what's going to help you accomplish your goal. Um, frankly, I know a lot of people who are also transitioning from one industry um, into being an engineer. So I have a friend, for example, who used to be in HR, um, pretty savvy technically, who's decided to go to a boot camp and wants to be an engineer.
0: Really cool. So uh, I don't know if you can tell us, but how um what are you actually looking for, I guess, in the differences between boot camp engineers and CS grads or from, from university or maybe like mathematics graduates or something?
1: Um, Well, I'd say there are some specialty roles where we might look and target very differently, right? So data scientists, for example, might be a little bit different, especially if we're looking for somebody who's very technical in Mm -hmm. a data science track Mm -hmm. uh, or analytics track, right? But if we're just looking for pure engineers who can do front-end, back-end, you name it, Mm -hmm. we're looking for versatility. So we're not necessarily looking for somebody who's only done um, you know, Scala or, or one type of Python, one type of programming language, we're really looking at somebody who's multilingual in mm-hmm. that regard and mm-hmm. is willing to be flexible um, and uh, kind of take on and embrace new challenges. And frankly it's some of those people who are multilingual yeah. who can propose yeah. creative ways to solve problems like mm-hmm. instead of the same mold of what we would normally do. it's like, oh, how we thought of this tool or this different way to get something done.
0: So how does that look like when you are actually thinking about hiring somebody? So what are the types of tests, if you can tell us, mm-hmm. uh, technically that a coder goes through in order to get into funding circle? And are they different at all if they are uh, coming from a bootcamp or a CS program?
1: No, we'd put everybody through the same interview experience. Yeah. I think that's important for consistency's sake. Yeah. Um, but what we look for again is that diversity of do we need people, everybody on the team, do they need to have 15 years of experience? Yeah. Or would it make more sense to have people with a breadth and a mm-hmm. range of experiences mm-hmm. that you know come to the table? Yeah. So I, I would add that you know, one of the other things besides the technical skills is that we're really assessing some of that softer skills and business skills. How will you collaborate? How will you communicate? Um, how will you take initiative? Are you open and flexible to different ideas? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you understand how to communicate effectively with your coworkers and with your stakeholders who are mm-hmm. trying to get the requirements to you? So those are the things that are actually really essential in addition to having the technical skills, whether that comes from a university or from a boot camp. Mm-hmm.
0: So that sounds to me like People that have general level of experience, even if it was in a previous career, but have been managers or have worked with a lot of different people that know how to get along, how to move a product forward, sound like potentially really good candidates you even if they were previously in law or something like that, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So again, I, I an example I was thinking about earlier yeah. is um, I had a co-worker who was actually in the HR function but pretty mm-hmm. savvy technically yeah. decided he wants a career switch altogether and is now pursuing a career as an engineer.
0: That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, uh, when we? you mentioned briefly what Funding Circle uh, does, but uh, I'd love to get a more broad understanding of what it looks like. You mentioned small business and that mm-hmm. they form the backbone of a lot of the economy. Yep. Can you get into that a little bit of, and how Funding Circle fits in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, it was interesting when I was interviewing for Funding Circle a couple of years ago, I didn't really you know, know what they were about, so I had to do my homework and research. Um, And I interviewed with someone who said, you know, small businesses are really the backbone of our economy. And I thought, oh, that's so interesting because all throughout my university career and even in my early professional career, it was all about reading about the Fortune 500, right? The the big names with the big market caps and you spend a lot of focus and energy on those big companies. But honestly, in your day-to-day, what you're doing is you're going to the dry cleaner, you're going to the dentist, you're going to see your you know, attorney, you're you're really working more in your daily life with small businesses. And so that's what I really mean about paying attention to the small business accumu- economy, which is the backbone of our economy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel Funding Circle's got a very unique mission in that it is trying to disrupt a very old institutional way of lending to small businesses from you know, banks, who tr- are the traditional lenders. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're trying to do is to you know, service a need in the market and do it better, faster, cheaper, higher quality, yeah. uh, with a greater servicing. So now I
0: have the laptop, Just, just for the viewers, that I'm I'm bringing in some questions that some uh, (coughs) alums sent us to ask Ms. Weaver. Um, So I guess another one is, uh, you mentioned you are the head of people, and one of the things that you probably are doing is figuring out how to bring in ideas of wellness, diversity, Mm -hmm. and all of that. And one question we had from, this is actually another staff member, was how do you get leadership conversations basically executive leadership to make sure diversity is involved, and how do you have those conversations? Um, How do you bring them up when sometimes, you know, the bottom line is, you know, trying to make money, trying to bring in more clients. How does that become a part of your organization that actually makes a difference?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There are actually a ton of studies out there that show that having a diverse organization and caring about the diversity in an organization leads to more successful businesses. You can just Google it and you'll find a ton of research and studies around that. So if your leadership team doesn't buy into that, there's evidence to suggest that they should pay attention. At Funding Circle I'd say we're really fortunate because it is a priority, it's something that we absolutely take seriously. We approach it from a lot of different angles. You know of course there's sort of the top-down approach to say we believe in it and it's important, but there's also the organic bottoms-up approach where we try to enable our employees to come together and to create ideas and generate um, networking ideas all mm-hmm. on their own mm-hmm. and I think the combination of the two work really well in addition to that we uh, run culture survey mm. the cl- culture survey every quarter we get the results of that and we look at it through the lens of a diverse perspective as well mm-hmm. you know are women and our organization feeling differently about the company than men mm-hmm. you know can we get that down to even a specific location office location or within a function and are things that we can actually action off of to help improve the culture mm-hmm. for everyone at Fenning Circle. And in that case
0: what would you potentially do or have done if you can tell us something like that like what do you how do you get leadership buy in into the
1: Oh, well, they love data, right? (laughs) Any data-driven company wants to see some data to back up an assertion or a hypothesis. So that's Mm -hmm. where I find the culture survey results incredibly Mm -hmm. revealing. We also do a lot of studies around um, how we attract talent. Mm -hmm. We've run a Textio audit, which is just a simple tool against all of our job descriptions to make sure that they're gender neutral, for example. Mm -hmm. We've also run a gender API in our talent acquisition funnel to say, are we progressing male candidates through that funnel Mm. at the same rate that we're progressing male candidates Mm -hmm. so all of those data points plus the culture survey information Mm -hmm. plus um, you know exit information as well why people are leaving what's motivating them to leaving we crunch all that data as best as we can and we create a people analytics you know report out of it and we sit down with each leader in the company to go over those results Mm -hmm. and then we have a discussion about okay what can we do about it
0: has that the way that you're creating that report, has that changed both internally and externally from what you hear of your other head of people colleagues? How much has that changed in the technology industry over the last few years? Because Mm -hmm. I've also been a part of the technology industry, and I feel like these conversations were not happening 10 years ago. Yeah. So I'd love to know your perspective.
1: Yeah, I think um, especially in the Bay Area, you've seen a lot of evolution and of the conversation around diversity and inclusion. Now it's actually diversity, inclusion, and belonging as well. So it's, it's, you know, it's an industry or a, mo- a movement that I'd say is also going through some evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I think you know, in the early days with regard to DNI, I think a lot of the data-driven companies did just that. They looked at metrics and they reported it but they didn't really know how to interpret it Mm -hmm. or how to interact with it or how to action off of it. So it ended up just being this big, let me put this report out there. People said, oh my God, it's awful. What do Mm -hmm. we do about it? And Mm -hmm. the what do we do about it part was always missing. And so I I think we're smarter than that now and we've evolved our practices to embed that DNI lens in everything we do. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we do it from The time that we attract candidates we do it from the time that we go through a performance cycle and a compensation cycle we're looking at it thinking about it Um, we look at it in terms of how we communicate broadly to our employee base Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, so another question that we have from uh, the staff is um, well actually i'm not sure if you know but i I know that there are some app academy graduates that work at funding circle Mm -hmm. Um, can you tell us Maybe not specifically. I'm not sure how, know, how well you know about their journey, but I'd love to know what the potential journey of somebody that might be joining you looks like from the engineering side. Uh, like day one, what are they doing? Like how are you thinking about their careers long term? You mentioned retention. Yeah. What does it look like when they're trying to move up? What are the types of tests that they go through? How do they? uh you know what's the expectation of how do they make more money or move up in the company what does that actually look like
1: sure so you know once somebody let's let's take it from the time that somebody actually gets through the interview process they land at funding circle and they're really really excited to be there we're excited to have them the first thing that we want to do is make sure that they're onboarded well that they clearly know what it is that the goal of their work is going to produce they want to know the team structure that they're going to be working in. They want to know which tools that they have to, their, to, to access, right? So that's setting them up for success from day one is really important. Mm-hmm. Now, how we've organized our product roadmap is to have different tracks. Obviously, it's, it's just like any other kind of you know, product or tech driven company um, we have teams assigned to those different tracks so you get experience to go kind of deep in one area and that could be on the borrower side of our platform which is one stakeholder or customer that's important to us. It could be on the investor side which is another you know customer or stakeholder that's important to us. So you get aligned to different places that lets you experience going deep into a certain area but you continue to build broad based skills and so it's that journey of moving from one track to another track that gives you the exposure to continuously develop in your career. I mean, in addition to that, it's just not the technical skill set, right? So Mm -hmm. one of the things that we're really proud of is Funding Circle Academy, which is Mm -hmm. In, in true form of our company itself, which is a platform company, is to also have a platform of learning and development at the company. That's and so our instructors in FC Academy are our own circlers, our own employees who you know, have the opportunity to come and do a presentation and build a curriculum and train colleagues. And then those colleagues go away and they realize that they have a subject matter expert that they can tap into versus going to a class somewhere and then leaving. Right. It was good experience, but you don't have any connection necessarily hmm. back to, you know, how you learned.
0: And how do you communicate that to those employers that there's that option to do that and then on their own time? I ask that question because there's a lot of competition. People obviously work really, really hard in yep. Silicon Valley. How do they know that it's okay to take that time for themselves to learn about, you know, through the, your internal curriculums, yep. you know, how to get better,
1: yep. you know? It's hard, you know, sometimes people will say I'm so busy that I actually don't have the time to carve out to develop and um, I think when we start hearing that kind of feedback, you know, leadership takes it really seriously and actually starts kind of mandating that you need wow. to participate. So this happened in our risk function, for example, our yeah. chief risk officer was getting that feedback like, gosh, the teams are working so hard. There's really no space for them to develop on themselves or take that time. And he actually mandated that everybody needs to take, you know, some sort of development course for themselves. So.
0: That's really great. Yeah. And thank you for that question, uh, for that answer, because I think it provides a lens into the technology industry in a company that mm-hmm. maybe somebody thinking about getting into the company, they just don't know that much about it, right? right. I mean, say they want to become an engineer or a quarter, but the understanding of the day to day of what that actually looks like, I think, is right. quite different. Right. Where you actually are, I mean, that is your principal job, but you can develop in other ways, right? Exactly. At your company, so. I think it's really nice to hear that (laughs) that you're doing that. Um, Let's see. I have a couple (coughs) of questions. Uh, uh, um, I guess we, to come back into the types of people that you're looking for, and we discuss the difference, potentially, maybe not much of a difference between CS and boot camp graduates, but funding circle being a lending financial company, Mm -hmm. uh, I'd love to know if Engineers that go in there into your company, do they need to have a background in? mathematics, accounting, anything to do with the financial industry in order to get an engineering job there or no?
1: No, definitely not. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned again, we're looking for kind of that broader base set of technical skills okay. and that ability to work really well in you know, an environment like ours, which is to be open, to be collaborative, to be a self-starter, to take initiative um, and to, to really be delivery focused.
0: Great. Thank you. Uh, tell me, so you've been in the industry as uh, a set of people for a while. What is the most difficult thing that you've done uh, in
1: your career? Yeah, actually I haven't been head of people for very long. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. actually, I, I, I'm a closet techie wannabe yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. My f- early, early on in my career, um, one of my first jobs was to implement large-scale systems. And I was a liberal arts major at Cal. Um, and the first, one of these first jobs or assignments that I was put on was at a client project, and I was given some specs, and I was, to co- I was told to code. I had no idea what coding was, and it was coding in COBOL. Some of uh-huh. you probably don't even know what that <laughs> language is, so I learned on the job how to code. Um, people here at App Academy are fortunate that there's a boot camp structure that helps them accelerate that learning. Um, But, you know, I consider myself a techie and I've always worked in tech, whether that be FinTech or EdTech um, or social media, which, you know, at the time I was at Twitter for Mm -hmm. a brief time in my career as well. So Mm -hmm. I've always been close to tech. I'm very passionate about it. I think um, lots of things can be solved um, in this world and lots of complex problems can be solved through tech. So that's a bit about me.
0: Yeah. Do you have something though, like kind of to get back to the question is yes. what is the most difficult thing that you could talk about that you think that, that you've overcome it would be nice to hear about your own personal story in terms of that because I think people like to hear even you know from an executive side inside of a tech company is you know there's personal struggle everywhere yeah. with everybody yep. and nobody has a straight up journey into where they go so I'd love to hear that. If
1: yeah, it's funny. We just we just did a week called Career Development Week, and uh-huh. we spent you know every single day talking about how you develop yourself in your career, how you think about both short-term goals and long-term goals, mm-hmm. and how you reframe the conversation a bit because career development isn't just about more money or isn't just about a promotion or a bigger title. Um, there's so much more to that. So I was on a career development panel, and I got asked a similar question. You know, what was the biggest lesson you've learned? And um, I'd have to say for me, it's not being afraid of failure. It's actually embracing what you learn out of that and pivoting very quickly. So, you know, in the tech world, you'll you might hear people say fail forward fast. And I would very much subscribe to that mentality. Like, don't be afraid of that embrace it. Learn from it quickly and pivot and, and, you know, use that to iterate and move on. So
0: great. Well, thank you. Uh, More questions. We know that uh, technology recruit. Well, maybe this might be one that you kind of answered, but let's ask it anyway. We know that technology recruiting now has to incorporate kind of a humanistic point of view, giving potential candidates the opportunity to know they are doing good in the world or their communities. How is Funding Circle doing this?
1: Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> yep. So Funding Circle has a really strong mission, as yep. I, I explained earlier, You know, it's to build a better financial world, it's to really empower small business lending, or small businesses, excuse me, to be successful. Yep. Um, one of the things that our company has done really well, um, it's a founder-led company. Our CEO is, is one of the founders of the company, he's still there, and he still very much believes in the values that he created for the company. They're very simple and um, lots of companies have values and you'll see them up on the walls and that's all lovely, but does it actually guide decisions? Do you see behavior you know, showing up in terms of really embracing those values? So I'd say, you know, one of the things when somebody comes into funding circles is that, you know, you need to be living and representative of those values mm-hmm. um, down to some, some decisions um, that we make as a company at the leadership team level actually was, do we communicate something now or do we wait and communicate it later? And I've literally sat in leadership meetings where, you know, we've debated this and we said, you know what, it wouldn't be the funding circle way. We're open and transparent. We're going to take the risk and go ahead and communicate that now. And we're going to trust that our people understand you know, what to do with that piece of information.
0: That's great. Uh, Let's see, more questions. Uh, Let's see. So what has changed in the recruiting game in the last couple of years? Has anything changed? Is there a great trend in tech that people should know about that's important?
1: I don't know about that. You would hear a lot about, you know, AI recruiting and and more machine learning elements brought into recruiting. And I I think there is a place for some of that, but honestly, there's a bit of that human element. The conversation that we're having now, I've gotten a better feel for you immediately and a connection that I wouldn't necessarily get through any sort of machine learning. Mm -hmm. And so while I think some of that is going to be useful and and an interesting trend to follow, Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think anything Truly replaces that human interaction. Mm. Um.
0: So something to think about. But it seems like the most important thing is usually yeah, the human interaction. Yeah. Applying connecting with somebody. Yeah. By the way, I think maybe it's because we're both Cal Bears.
1: Oh, go Bears! Go Bears. <laughs> That's um. a very
0: local uh, comment. A lot of people won't get. but yeah. Anyway.
1: I actually was, you know, today I was interviewing a candidate, or actually um, the interview panel was doing a debrief over an interview process that we did with a candidate over a video conference. And we all liked this candidate a lot. Lots of energy, you know, displayed from the candidate on the other side of the video conference. But at the debrief, we sort of said, you know what? before we extend that offer, we need to bring this candidate in. It's, mm-hmm. that, it's that important, you know? It, we really need that human touch. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's an example where you can use technology and lots of different um, ways to accelerate the mm-hmm. recruitment process, but at the end of the day, it's that human touch.
0: Right. To go back into your own example, uh, how is it usually that you're going through? So you have a lot of, I mean, somebody applies, and then there's a lot of video interviews. Can you get into that? see the process. Yeah, of, yeah. We
1: uh, have um, interviews. You know, being in San Francisco, it's great because so many people are attracted to this market. Yeah. So we end up phone screening or video conferencing um, candidates initially from all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get that initial dialogue going to say, you know, is this the right match? Yeah. You know, are you interested in funding circle enough? Is there the right opportunity for you to feel like you can thrive and be successful? Um, is it a place where we think you can add a lot of value to the company? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll do that initial screen. Um, sometimes that might be with one person, or we might put you through a series of a few different other interviews um, mm-hmm. over video conference. Um, at the end of it, though, we do prefer to bring people on site um, mm-hmm. for an interview there. Um, some roles we may require a coding challenge. Mm-hmm. It's probably not for every single tech role that we hire for, but there are some where we definitely would do a coding challenge.
0: Cool. Uh, I'd love to know what the market is like for your company at the moment? How fast are you hiring? Do you release those types of numbers? Well. Uh, what does that look like, I guess? And I know you're doing yeah. very well, but like, yeah. what does that look like for somebody potentially thinking a couple of years down the road to apply to Funding Circle, maybe somebody that wants to apply now?
1: yeah absolutely so we are hiring <laughs> so take, check us out um, why don't I focus more on our, our historical growth sure. because I can't necessarily share with you all of our future growth plans sure. um, but you can I send d- that on email and so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I joined um, a couple of years ago and we were just around 600 people fast forward two years later we're over a thousand people so the growth has mm. been pretty exponential um, a lot of new people brought into the organization over the past two years um, which has created an interesting dynamic right a lot of new energy um, mixed with some older older people who've been with the company for a lot longer so mm-hmm. um, I, I love that blend uh, it's just kind of invigorating some new ideas mm-hmm. and and best practices of how to do things
0: and i know that you have an office that's a couple blocks from app academy but you have other offices, including, I think, one in the UK, right? That's where the company started, yep. I yeah
1: We actually have five offices. Okay. So we have one in London. Uh, we have one here, obviously, right by App Academy. We have one in Berlin, Amsterdam, um, and we have one in Denver.
0: Very cool. That's
1: our newest office.
0: Uh, so how does the interface happen between all the companies? The, those are very it's offices all over the world. How does that work?
1: It's um, challenging. (laughs) Um, It's a lot of willingness probably of of people here on on the West Coast to be up a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. The flip side of that is that you you end your day slightly earlier. Um, If you're in London, they're doing the reverse, right? Their day might start a little bit later, but they have to be flexible and willing to kind of have conference calls with us when they're needed um, later in the day. Um, From a business perspective, that's Kind of great because mm-hmm. you're having this nice coverage mm-hmm. but um, it can be tough for people and to have those different hours so that's why we really are a very flexible work environment a lot of people work remotely or from home once a week or twice a week or Flex their schedules to say you know what if I'm going to take early morning calls I'm going to do it from home and then I'll come in a bit later Mm -hmm. So we're very flexible in that regard. It's just Mm -hmm. more about you know getting the work done making sure we're collaborating collaborating well with our colleagues Mm -hmm. um, Certainly do not subscribe to specific times that people need to be in the office
0: (laughs) cool and those particular places around the world, were those chosen because there's a good market there for small business loans? Mm. Why was that?
1: No, actually, so Funding Circle's grown a lot organically, but we've ah. also grown through acquisitions. So Funding Circle started out in the UK. Mm-hmm. We acquired a company here in San Francisco called Endurance Lending, and then we mm-hmm. acquired another company headquartered in Berlin called Zencap, and they had an office in Amsterdam. So, mm-hmm. um, over the past you know, couple of years, it's really about bringing those Um, individual companies together under one Funding Circle umbrella.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much. I think uh, we're about done. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about that you think that would be beneficial for somebody that's thinking about getting into coding for a living and potentially getting into a company like Funding Circle?
1: Um, Yeah, stay open-minded, be flexible, because I think things are changing so rapidly, whether that be a technical language that's hot one day and is not so hot the next day, um, how different companies, especially in a startup world, they may crop up and last for a couple years or get acquired or maybe not end up being successful. You have to be open and flexible, and I think if you have too much of a prescribed you know, path that you're gonna go on, you're gonna miss so many other opportunities that may come your way. So um, stay flexible, um, learn as much as you can along the way um, and enjoy the journey.
0: Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thanks for coming by.